0: Hello and welcome back everybody to For The Girls. I hope you enjoyed our recent starter pack episode. If you haven't gotten a chance to listen to that and you're new to the sport, definitely give it a listen. If it was helpful for you and you want us to do a part two that's a little bit of a deeper dive and more advanced, DM us on Instagram at f one rthegirls So today, we are going to give you a preview of everything you need to be ready for the Emola race this weekend, plus at the end, a funny little segment with our signature flair. I'm excited for this one. I think you guys (laughs) will enjoy it, especially if you are New Yorkers. If not, you will still get some great recommendations. But overall, we're so grateful for the support so far, and we're excited for the race this weekend.
1: Okay, let's jump into Imola. So this is the first of two Grand Prix in Italy. Emilia-Romagna is the region. Imola is the town. So it's the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix, but it's just referred to as Imola because as you can tell, it's a little bit of a mouthful. The second race is at Monza and it's called the Italian Grand Prix, which is why this one, Imola, just has that like kind of random short name. So a huge
2: thing that we are so excited for is this weekend is a sprint race. Woohoo!
0: Sarah's favorite
2: <laughs> so there's three sprint races this year they were introduced for the first time in f1 last year um, if you don't know what a sprint race is definitely check out our starter pack episode um, it's supposed to make for more competitive on track racing and also to get more younger fans involved. And some commentators were worried last year that the sprints would be kind of boring because no one would want to risk their positions for the grid on Sunday. But instead, they really did feel like mini races. There was some great wheel to wheel action in the sprints last year. So we're really excited. So how the weekend's going to work is there's just one practice on Friday and then quali on Friday to set the grid for the sprint race.
1: And then on Saturday, there's going to be one more practice and then the sprint race, which is that mini 25, 30 minute race that will set the grid for then the real race on Sunday.
0: So some changes from last year's sprint, the top eight in the sprint get points. So eight points for the winner down to one for P8, which is more than last year where only three got points. So these points actually go towards both of the championships, the driver's championship and the constructor's championship. Um, And then the other change is last year pole position was who won the sprint, but this year pole position will be the fastest lap in qualifying on Friday.
1: Last year's race was super dramatic in, in the rain. It involved the now famous Bottas George crash and an amazing Lewis comeback. Um, Basically Max and Lewis also made contact and there was an amazing drive from Lando. So let's hope this year was just as spicy. Also, as of the time that we're recording this race today, It's scheduled to rain this weekend in Imola, so it's going to be interesting. A couple things on what has been
0: happening since Australia, just to get you guys caught up on some of the news. So drivers have been weighing in on the expansion of the calendar and potential new races. There's buzz around a potential return of the South African Grand Prix, which Lewis is pushing. The Monaco GP contract is up after this year, so there's no new deal yet. I
2: have to say, I don't understand why this is kind of it, kind of in the news or like talked about as much as it is. Because I feel like it's just such a done deal that obviously they're going to get a new contract. I think there's just like no chance this gets dropped.
0: I don't know. I guess the only argument is the racing isn't that great there, just given the street track dynamic and but but it's there's too much classic Formula One wrapped up in the history of Monaco, so I don't think it's going anywhere.
2: And drivers have also emphasized that spa in Belgium is really historic and should be on the calendar every year. Drivers are also, of course, kind of defending their own home country spot on the calendar. Um, but it's looking likely that some tracks will potentially rotate. So they'll kind of have a buddy track and one year will be a track A and then one year will be at track B, wash and rinse and repeat. Um, <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that because – as everyone kind of knows if you're listening to this podcast, F1 is really in a boom right now, and there's so many countries that want Grand Prix that even long-standing tracks are having to kind of fight for their place on the calendar.
1: I feel like it's going to turn into like some sort of Olympic raffle, kind of how it happens with the Olympics, and it's just – going to be insane there's going to get so much money involved i feel like it's just going to be cities outbidding each other and it's going to start to get really sketchy in the same vein haas is actually refusing to give money back to earl Kali, which was the title sponsor that Haas had at the beginning of the season but then had kicked off because obviously it was owned by a russian oligarch um there's also been some drama around the potential porsche and audi entrances which we talked about on our americanization of f1 episode But basically, the Alpine CEO said that F1 has to make sure that everything is fair to the existing teams, which is something that the Alpine CEO would say (laughs) about new teams coming in.
2: Oh, Oh, harsh. Harsh (laughs) but fair. (laughs) And another thing that I'm super interested in um, is kind of the new young talent coming up in the sport and sort of the front Runner of that is Oscar Piastri. He is last year's Formula Two champ. And like Leclerc and George Russell, he won F3 and then F2 in back to back years and won F2 last year in his rookie season. So he's an Alpine reserve driver. And they said that he's an intense reserve driver this year. So they're making sure he gets a lot of testing and simulator time and really seem to be prepping him for a future seat. Recently, Alonso made a comment that he wants to stay on for a few years. So Alpine said this week that they're potentially open to loaning Piastri out for 2023 as long as they can later get him back. I think he'll definitely have a seat next year. We'll have to talk about kind of further into the season the seats that might be most at Jeopardy, but he's so talented and I think is often thought of as kind of the most talented driver who doesn't have an F1 seat. So I think think he will have a drive next year, which will be
1: exciting. Oh, I want to see a new driver. That's so fun. Yeah, very exciting.
0: Another quick thing Roman Grosjean potentially going for an IndyCar title this year. For those who are unfamiliar with him, he was a 2020 Haas driver who left F1 after a really tough season and surviving an insane fireball crash. Um, he now races for a top IndyCar team, Andretti, the team trying to enter Formula One.
2: I love him. Also, Good suggestion if you want some nice family-friendly motorsport Instagram content. He just posts him and his
1: family doing very wholesome things in the U.S. bopping around for IndyCar. That's so cool. Imagine being like going from Formula 1 to IndyCar. That's got to be culture shock. Speaking
0: of Instagram content… (laughs) <laughs> we are up on what the gang has been up to since Australia. So Lewis, of course, has been ridiculously busy. He and George went to Malaysia to visit Petronas, which is Mercedes' title sponsor. And then he went to Brazil, where he's apparently in the process to receive honorary citizenship, of course. Classic. Simulator in the UK immediately after. And he's also just been casually producing music on the side. What a legend. Just- Tiggy, maybe one day you and Hamilton can make music
1: together.
2: We'll collab. We'll collab. <laughs> <laughs> so he essentially has crossed the entire globe in the past yes. week. Like,
1: What, what have we all been doing? So Lando, Charles, and Alex went golfing in Monaco. Lando is obviously obsessed with golf. Check it out on Instagram. Um, but where was Carlos? I feel like – somebody's getting left out maybe it's kind of sad he,
0: he might have wanted to just take a beat after that race and recuperate <laughs> by himself
1: distance himself
2: another random fun fact will buxton the famous commentator from drive to survive got married so go, go off will. king
1: yeah i wonder where he got married probably at a track or something <laughs> <laughs>
0: So let's get into the circuit. So Imola, bottom line is it's a fast track, and the key is it's pretty hard to pass. So qualifying on Friday is going to be super important. But, of course, the sprint race is going to be interesting and spice things up a bit. Um, We have some interesting track characteristics. Uh, Sarah, you were telling me a little bit about this. Do you want to talk through them?
2: Yeah. So one thing about this track is it runs counterclockwise, um, which is unusual. Most tracks are are clockwise. So Chessa, our G-Force expert, told me that this um, causes extra G-Force on the driver's neck since they're not used to driving in that direction. The top speed's around 190 miles an hour. Um, There's a decent amount of elevation changes. So there's some hilly sections on the track, which is fun.
1: It's super fun to watch. Remember when we were in Austin and we were sitting on one side of the track and you could see the hill on the other side of the track? It just makes for some pretty magnificent viewing. So it'll be cool for the people there.
2: Totally. And this is one of those older classic tracks where some of the turns have names, which if you're kind of new to F1, is one of those funny things about F1.
1: So if you hear some interesting names, that's, they're just referring to some of the passing zones. So at turn two and three, it's called Tamburello. Turn seven is Tosa. And turn nine is Piratella. So last year, there was
2: only one DRS zone on this track. It's looking like it's going to be the same this year. So like we were saying, there really aren't that many passing zones. Um, One, another fun fact is there are a lot of trees around the track. So the shadows can actually make it kind of hard to see breaking points. So that's interesting to watch out for. Drivers also definitely have to be careful of the curbs here because they can kind of fly off them if they hit them at high speed and they can damage the front wing or the floor of the car.
0: Okay, so let's get into what happened in the 2021 race. So the results, Max, P1, Lewis, P2, Lando, P3. Max won this race by 22 seconds, but Lewis got fastest LOL. lap, interestingly. <laughs> we had a couple great recovery drives from Lewis and Lando. Lewis slid off track and dropped to P8, and Lando also drove from P7 to podium. So that was wow. pretty cool. Wow.
1: So I think the biggest thing of the weekend was the Bottas Russell crash. So there was a huge crash at 2 and 3 like we just said, Tamburello. Bottas had the wind knocked out of him, which obviously is never fun. Yeah, it was a
2: high speed crash. I think it was like 100 190 miles an hour.
1: Russell was furious because he was running in the points for Williams, which was a rare rare case. Um and basically, Russell got out of his car, walked up to Bottas, and everyone was like, oh, that's so nice. He's going to go check and see if he's OK. But he started to yell at him. And then classic, Bottas doesn't care what people think of him, just flipped him off. So the stewards basically just classified it as a racing incident and didn't take any action. But both drivers kind of sparred over it and just said that it was each other's fault.
2: So some things we can expect this year. Um, it's probably going to be a one-stop race with most drivers starting on softs or mediums definitely watch out for teams potentially bringing some upgrades to the cars. This is the first European race, which makes a lot easier for teams to get new parts and everything from the European factories, um, which is especially important given that there was a bit of a logistics nightmare since the start of the season. There was freight delayed on the way to Australia, um, so it's a lot easier since it's closer to the factories. But with the sprint race format, it's really hectic and there's less practice time. So that's delaying some of the upgrades. Ferrari really isn't bringing upgrades because they don't think it's really worth it with the sprint format. So it might be a little bit less than in previous years.
0: Yeah. And Ferrari did really well here last year. Charles was P4 and Carlos was P5. Um, Carlos made some mistakes and went off track twice. And now he's had a lot of pressure on him after DNFing in Australia. Um, But this is a fast track without much passing. And Given the Ferraris are so fast, hopefully they can keep porpoising under control and just perform really well here. One interesting thing is, will there be a little bit of teammate rivalry? Benotto, the principal, has said it's too early in the season for team orders and that the drivers are sort of free to fight.
1: And what team orders are, for those of you who don't know, it's basically when like, the principal will tell one of the drivers to do something to let the other driver win or just basically trying to conserve the points for the team and less so having the drivers fight it out. Yeah. And good vibes for
0: Ferrari here in Imola. The track is close to the Ferrari home base in Maranello. So Imola is considered sort of the home circuit of Ferrari since the factory is right there.
2: And side note, this is also really close to the Alpha Tauri factory. So Alpha Tauri also kind of considers it their home race. So we potentially have two hometown teams. Okay. So next up is the most important team, um, Red Bull, if someone
1: wants to <laughs> tell us about how they're doing. So Checo Checo qualified P2 here last year and Max qualified P3. Hey, Checo. Um, so plus, Checo has been really strong in quality this year, so it should be a pretty awesome race for him. If they can qualify high, this will be amazing for the sprint race.
2: Yeah, I think the sprint race probably plays more to Red Bull's strengths than Ferrari potentially if they can qualify high and have kind of a chance to defend and really show awesome wheel-to-wheel action in the sprint race. but. Obviously, that's
1: dependent on the Red Bull car working, which is a big if at this point. <laughs> I think Christian said that they were going to bring some upgrades, but he didn't call it, like, the full package. So we'll really have to see. And I think hopefully Max won't get too aggressive in the sprint because if he got two DNFs, that would kind of be an end-all be-all for him.
2: Yeah. Two un- the two DNFs is sort of f- probably going to force him to drive more conservatively than I think he otherwise would. Um so we'll see what happens with that. I will for sure be very stress watching, and the one stop strategy could help Checo compared to other drivers, seeing as he is the king of tire management.
0: So Mercedes, we we it's going to be an interesting race for them. They, as we've talked about, they've gotten pretty lucky over the past few races, just getting in the points and actually not being uh, really on the pace. So they may have to make some sacrifices to fix porpoising, but they're supposed to be bringing an upgrade. We'll see on that. And interestingly, they were actually more off the pace in Australia than in the first two races, despite doing so well. But on paper, they've been getting worse. The flip side is that they've been gathering a ton of data. The left sensors on Lewis's car during the Australian Grand Prix, which is unusual and added weight, but uh, maybe that'll pay off in terms of data collection. Interesting. Trad- Traditionally, Hamilton has done really well here. Um, George, on the other hand, has had pretty bad luck. He crashed and DNF'd the last two races here after strong qualies and point opportunities, and we must say, in a Williams. Um, so very bad luck with
2: the outcome. Yeah, this might be cursed for George. And in, not last year, but the year before, because last year it was it was a crash with Botos, but the year before it was like an unforced error, and he just wrecked.
1: So Oof. look at well, the. maybe oh, Maybe the new car will bode wetter for him. Who knows? <laughs> I think a big question for this race is what's going to happen with McLaren? Like, can they really keep it going from Australia? I think we would love to see that. Last year, Danny did really well here. He was P6. And obviously, Lil Lando was on podium. And then, can't, can't forget to mention this, but in 2020, Danny was in P3 in a Renault. So, driving a much better Throw car. Throw back. <laughs> hopefully, he'll do better in a better, in a better car. And, like we just talked about with team orders, there were team orders last year to let Lando pass Danny. So obviously McLaren's just making the play, play to win. So
2: we have to mention LP they're bringing a big arrow upgrade. So maybe this is redemption for Alonso since he had been looking so good and then um, had it all fall apart in Australia. So watch out for him.
0: And just a quick note on AlphaTauri, I think Gasly is a really great driver and he hasn't had his moment to shine yet this year. And just given that this is sort of referred to as their home race, hopefully he will get his moment to shine.
2: Oh my god, we have to mention Botas. Botas back for Q3, hopefully. Um, And he's also loving Alfa Romeo so far. He's thriving, being the number one driver. Um, He said he's happier in life overall in an interview this week. um, He said that if he asks for something, it
1: really happens in the team that he feels like he has authority. So super happy for him. Hopefully this weekend we'll see Haas um, have a strong performance. I think Mick really hasn't had his moment yet, so that'll be awesome. And – think for Williams and Aston Martin, let's just lump these two collectively here. It really can't get worse for them. So we'll be surprised if all of these four cars finish. But I think Alvin's coming off of a pretty good race weekend. So it'll be exciting to see them play it out. And then, fun fact, in 2020, at this track, Stroll wrecked one of his own pit crew members by pulling too far forward. Oh, my God. And
2: before we get into the fun stuff, we have to mention some sad history at this track. So in 1994, this track, back when it was called the San Marino Grand Prix, two drivers died. The Austrian driver, Roland Rotzenberger, hit the wall during quali and died. And then the very famous Brazilian three-time world champion Senna died after another high-speed crash during the race. He's a huge hero in motorsport, one of the greatest drivers ever, um, and a hero to a lot of today's drivers. There have been a ton of track changes, and the cars today are way safer, but just something to note about the history of
1: this track. So now we're going to do our quick little hot take prediction. So We'll remind you guys this on Instagram, but submit your hot takes to us and we'll share some of our favorites. So, Sarah, you go. Maybe this is just manifesting, but I think both Red Bulls on the
2: podium. Um, I think Checo's on fire. Max is going to be so determined. I'm also going to throw in Botas and Alonso, both finishing in the points. Ooh. So
0: mine – I'm just going to die on this hill, but Carlos is going to finish ahead of Charles. We will (laughs) see. (laughs) But he hasn't had his moment yet this season. You heard Benotto. There are no team rules yet, so we're going to see what happens. I agree with you on that one.
2: I do think Carlos is super talented and
1: has had some tough luck so far this season. So I cannot believe I'm saying this, but this is going to be the Mercedes redemption race with Ferrari and Red Bull still fighting it out. I think there's only going to be one Ferrari on podium. I really wish Tiggy was gonna be Carlos, but I think realistically it might be Charles. So, let's see. You know what we love about Articova's cowboy boots? You can wear them all year round and for literally any occasion. Of course, you can wear them at the rodeo or at the ranch, but since we're in New York City, we've been getting creative. I even wore mine with a polka dot dress and tights to Sarah's birthday party at a fun, trendy bar in New York City. Tacova's is Western to their core and they believe in Western for all, making their boots from the most premium leathers. And if you can't make it to a store, visit tacova's.com, that's T E C O V A S dot com, and point your toes west. And as a special bonus for you, Tacova's is throwing in a free trucker hat or ball cap. Worth $30 for all online orders over 100. Just use code F1 at checkout. Again, for a limited time, just enter code F1 at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Takovas. only at tecovas.com.
0: Okay, so without further ado, we are going to present to you what would the grid do on a day off or a night out in NYC?
2: And disclaimer, sorry, we are all super obsessed with New York. This is going to be super New York heavy, but if you don't know the city, you will definitely get some good recs for when you visit.
0: What would Charles do on a day in New York City?
1: Charles is understated, but still classy. Here's what Charles is going to do. He's going to hit some art galleries during the day and then probably make a, a big purchase at Sotheby's, of course. And then he's going to go to Le Bernardines for the chef's tasting menu with the wine pairing. Um, I think he's kind of a three Michelin stars or bust kind of guy. So that's what he's going to be up to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sarah, okay, let's do George. What would George do?
1: George,
2: okay. George is going to hit Bemelman's for drinks before dinner. of course. Classy man. Yeah, of course. And, you know, they have those kind of unique martinis. So he's going to get one of those – Or he's just going to do a full like James Bond martini order, do the whole like shaken, not stirred, something like that. He's just going to have straight vodka if it's
1: been a bad day (laughs) for
2: him. (laughs) Um, Then he's going to like polo bar or some white tablecloth steakhouse, definitely kind of on the stuffier side. Um, Definitely wearing a sport coat all night, maybe with some of those like hunting style elbow patches. Um, And he's not going to be taking a taxi. He's going to be in a hired black car all night for sure.
1: Classy AF. Okay, Tiggy, you got to do Carlos.
2: (laughs) Carlos, he's going to hang with the
0: the Euro crowd. I feel like first he's going to be a guest at a members club, like the university club or the metropolitan club to play squash. You know, he's cross sport athlete. Of course. He loves
2: squash. So he's starting (laughs) out the day really wholesome here. Yes,
0: 100%. But then he's going to hit San Ambrose, Soho, or potentially Balthazar, one of the two. And then obviously he's going to be, you know, Continuing the night with some bottle service, maybe at Paul's Casablanca or Soho Grand, and probably a late night at Escondido for some dancing,
1: some, some salsa, some Latin yes. dancing, some reggaeton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, a let's let's day. keep let's keep it going with the Latinos. I'll do Checo. Um, Checo, our lovely dad, he's gonna have a wholesome family day, of course. Um, maybe he'll do like the rowboats in Central Park, <laughs> and then like feed the birds or something. And then he'll probably pop over to the Museum of Natural History with the kids, do something for them. And then obviously, though, he's in New York City, so he'll drop the kids off with a babysitter and maybe he'll go to Marquee, tear it up with his wife, or maybe they'll even go to like Brooklyn, go to the Mirage, just do a full send kind of night.
0: Yes, Checo. <laughs> this is going to be a fun one. How about Lewis, Sarah, what do you think?
2: Oh, my gosh. Okay. Wow. Okay. Lewis is I, he feel like he's going to dinner at Zero Bond or something, or Classic. there's multiple options for him. Or one of those really like experimental omakase places that doesn't have a menu and sits like four tables. Um, (laughs) Another option for sure is a place that's so trendy that no one has heard of it yet. Um, Maybe a brownstone dinner party, something like that. Then we mentioned his music production. He's definitely going to DJ an original set at a fashion week after party. Maybe maybe he can like DJ the runway show. Oh my gosh. And we have some – former finance people so what's the uh the finance comparison here
0: (laughs) so lewis is definitely formula one's version of goldman sachs's david solomon who if you guys didn't know he's the ceo of goldman he's also sort of a part-time dj very interesting
2: wait okay so now that we have lewis's day what's um what's the big rival max going to be doing
0: Okay Max, I hate to do you dirty like this, but <laughs> you are no Lewis Hamilton. You are going to the Hard Rock Cafe. You are taking yeah, Oh
1: my god.
0: <laughs> you are taking family pictures afterwards in Times Square. You are taking everybody on one of those Central Park horse carriages. You are wearing your host dad flat brim jeans and sneakers attire. And you <laughs> you might hit due west with the boys to watch some sports, but like, you're really really <laughs> okay.
2: Tourism. I cannot stand for this winter right now. Okay, I don't think I don't think Max is going to be out here reinventing the wheel, but I think he you know some solid Italian downtown maybe via Carota. I don't know
1: I've, if you can I've... get a reservation. We'll see. <laughs> 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 All right, let's talk about what the not so wholesome men are going to do. I think we're going to do. Let's do Lando, Yuki, and, and the Alex. The younger, they're all, yeah, the they're, younger they're squad all They're going to the standard beer garden without a doubt. And then they're going to pop over next door to the Brass Monkey rooftop. It's, it's, a, cla- <laughs> it's a classic oh. itinerary. Um, and I think they're probably going to all go to La after and swim.
0: Guys, they're for <laughs> sure starting the night with the finance interns at A 100%. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> God. <laughs> um, okay. Let's, let's do Botes. Sarah, what's he up to? Um, so
2: Botas, we have to say, is just a Brooklyn boy. Like, I don't think he would not want to be caught dead in Manhattan. So let's say he's in Brooklyn. He loves cycling with his girlfriend, maybe a super nice long bike ride through Prospect Park, um, and obviously stops for coffee at one of those really hipster places. Like, the coffee beans have been
1: flown in directly just for Botas' coffee. <laughs> that's that's pretty on brand. Um, okay, Who's next? Uh, Pierre Gasly. Uh, He's going to Soho House. He wants to be seen. See and be seen. (laughs) I think him and his girlfriend were at – in New York over the holidays. They went to Seidel's. So we'll keep it on brand. Major food group. Carbone. They're going to Carbone. Um, Oh, that's so good. (laughs) Yeah, I think he's going to be disappointed with the quality of the food at Carbone Um, since he lives in Italy. But that'll be his evening. (laughs)
2: okay let's go back to one of our lovely dad drivers so seb i think he's been kind of walking around uptown with his kids he's super low-key i think he runs into checo looking at dinosaurs in the natural history museum with both their families and they all like go to the planetarium or something and then unlike checo going to the mirage i think seb closes out the day at like a family-friendly broadway show what would it be Not Moulin Rouge. (laughs) (laughs) Tiggy, do Danny. Oh,
0: well, on the other side of the spectrum here, Danny, he's a West Village guy for sure. So he's stopping at Don Angie for dinner. Obviously, (laughs) they've rolled out the red carpet for him. After that, he's going to pop in, say hi to Cousin Greg at Ray's for a little drink. Then I think he's going to hit Flower Shop or Little Way's. Followed by a late night at our favorite place ever, Joyface. And he, he's oh not my gosh, what is Joyface. he wearing?
2: What is he wearing to Joyface?
0: He is not rolling in in an, in just a normal outfit, guys. He is wearing a full disco costume. And you skip the time.
1: line in a disco costume. Good for him. A hundred percent. We'll get right in.
2: Well, he can skip the line regardless.
1: <laughs> Sarah, Sarah, do our other older folk, K. Mag and Alonso. With no offense to them, we love them.
2: Oh no, we're aging them so much. Um, so Kim I get Alonzo. I feel like they maybe go to a Knicks game or a Rangers game, get some sports in, and then they decide New York is so overhyped, and they just go back to the hotel and order chicken pot Thai because they're over it. Just <laughs> <laughs> said they can order Thai food from that really good place by your apartment.
1: Yeah, I'll go with them. That sounds awesome. Um Yum. okay, Tiggy, who do we have? Do do stroll. Oh, stroll. Oh okay. my gosh.
0: So Stroll is calling Bar P.T. because he's heard a bunch of celebrities have been <laughs> spotted there. So he calls. He's like, hey, I'm Lance Stroll. And they're like, who? And he's like, <laughs> I'm Lance Stroll. They're like, OK, like you're not Bradley Cooper. So so what? So he's pissed that they don't know who he is. So he decides that Manhattan is for squares and he takes a helicopter to Gurney's in Montauk because where else? Oh,
1: my God. Well, he's <laughs> going to Wednesday- go to surf <laughs> lodge. <laughs> oh, for sure.
0: He starts a his wealth, <laughs> and then just hits up Surf Lodge and just decides the Hamptons is, is a better place to be.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Speaking of uh, some of our um, Canadian paid drivers,
1: um, what about Latifi? Okay, Latifi's taking you out to dinner in a car. Let's, he's driving a Maserati and you're going to Lartuzzi. But in, <laughs> in true Latifi pas- uh, fashion, he crashes on Fifth Ave. And he can't make your way there. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> So oh, no. basically Latifi just kind of like tries to hit up the boys. He'll, he'll see, he'll see George. He'll go to Lincoln center for the ballet or some opera or something. Who knows? Um, I feel like though, then something else is going to, something else wild has to happen to him. Okay. He can also go to the Mirage with Checo or someone else.
0: <laughs> He's totally unsure on how the night took that turn.
1: And he doesn't <laughs> know how to get there because he doesn't have his Maserati anymore. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap it up with our with our little baby Mick. Mick is so
2: pure, I feel like, and he's so focused. I feel like he goes on like a 10-mile run through Central Park, got to be, got to stay focused, stay on his game, and then takes his mom out somewhere super nice, like 11 Madison Park or something, and then goes to bed at at
1: 945. What a sweetheart. I, I would join <laughs> them. That sounds kind of nice.
0: Okay, guys. To wrap up, let's do some rapid fire drivers as New York City neighborhoods. So Chessa, how about you? Let's start with George.
1: Classy as hell. Upper East Side. Okay. Oh, that's good. Checo. Chelsea. Oh. I could see him as a little bit of a wild card, though. Like where would he live? Like Park Slope? Ooh, Park Slope. That could be a good one.
2: Okay. Yeah. Family or Man. Upper West. Yeah. Some good Family Man energy.
1: All
0: right, how about Botas?
1: We already said this, Brooklyn. Okay, he could be Park Slope. Yeah. Okay, and how about Gasly? Soho with all the rest of the Frenchmen.
2: Oh my (laughs) gosh! No, yeah, Soho for sure.
1: Okay, Sarah Lewis.
2: Well, he has an apartment in Tribeca, but I feel like if it wasn't Tribeca, um, the Billionaire's Row on Central Park South,
1: Mm. penthouse overlooking the park for sure, twelve hundred bedrooms. Um, Carlos,
2: Carlos. Oh, uh, West Village. Maybe no up, but I want to say, maybe he'll say he's not in West Village, but he's really in West Village.
1: <laughs> like, I live on the border of West Village. Um, Max. I'm going to go with
2: Hudson Yards in one of the big new buildings with like a golf simulator and a bowling alley.
1: And he did, heated did, <laughs> bathroom floors. That's, that's definitely it. <laughs> and not
0: too far from Times Square to take his-
1: Pictures. no 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 <laughs> everything is perfect okay sarah last one for you vettel um vettel's not
2: in the city vettel's in a mansion westchester driving his kids to school in an suv <laughs> he loves dry very nice <laughs> okay let's do a couple more people um tiggy okay how about lando
0: all right, I'm sorry to do this to you, bro. You're 100% Murray Hill. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: or if I wanted to be a little bit more generous, he, Yuki, and Alex are roommates in the Lower East Side. Sick.
2: <laughs> Host pregames at their rooftop for sure. Yes. <laughs> um, How about Danny Rick?
0: Ooh, I think he's a West Village guy, but he's moving to Williamsburg or Greenpoint at any moment.
2: And he won't shut up about it. 100%. Yeah, he has to tell everybody he's moving to Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about what about your man Stroll?
0: Oh, I mean Manhattan's for squares, guys. So he's got a he's got an estate in the Hamptons.
1: South Hampton, <laughs> to be specific. <laughs> <laughs> Who have we not hit?
2: Okay, last but certainly not least, what about LeClaire? Okay.
0: He's so classy. He's understated. A lot of celebs live here. He's Tribeca for sure, through and through.
1: Well, I hope you guys all enjoyed our little segment here at the end. It's super fun for us to mix our lives here in New York with everything that we love about Formula One. So if you guys like this or have any other fun ideas for us, let us know. But with that, we'll see you after the race this weekend with a great recap for Emola.